Critics agree Dora and the Lost City of Gold is the family film you've been searching for. Go get it! It's packed with action, full of surprises, and will knock your boots off. The discovery of a lifetime. Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Rated PG. Now playing. This meeting is being recorded. Hello, and welcome to Power of Attorney. I am your host, LaTanya Moore. Today, I have Rosalind Sedaka, who is recognized as the voice of child-centered divorce. She is a divorce and co-parenting coach and founder of the Child-Centered Divorce Network, which provides advice, programs, coaching, and other valuable resources for parents who are facing moving through or transitioning after a divorce. She is the author of How Do I Tell the Kids About Divorce? A Create a Story Guide to Preparing Your Children with Love, an internationally acclaimed ebook designed to help parents get through the tough divorce talk with the best possible outcome for themselves and their children. Rosalind also hosts the Divorce, Dating, and Empowered Living radio show and podcast. She is also a dating and relationship coach and co-author of 99 Things Women Wish They Knew Before Dating After 40, 50, and yes, 60, as well as the Dating Rescue e-course and Create Your Ideal Relationship Kit for Women in Mastering the Challenges of Dating, a Success Formula for Men. She is the co-creator of an eight-hour and 12-hour anger management program for co-parents. Rosalind is an advisor at parentalwisdom.com, a national contributor to the Huffington Post, as well as a contributing writer for Exceptional People magazine and the 2008 first place winner of the Victorious Woman Award. She is also the 2011 International Women's Day Outstanding Service Award winner for her work with divorce and parenting issues. Her website is www.childcentereddivorce.com. Rosalind, welcome to Power of Attorney. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be talking with you. And guys, before we jump into the interview, Rosalind has a fabulous ebook at her website, www.childcentereddivorce.com. Make sure you go over there and grab that ebook. Because we know that divorce is one of those things that are, that's very, very, very destructive to the family. So figuring out a great uh, constructive way uh, to work through such a hard time is, is really fabulous. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned that before we jumped right in. Uh, now, Rosalind, you talk about uh, that or you teach about some of the serious divorce mistakes that parents make and how it affects their children. Talk with us a little bit more about some of those things. Yes. Uh, studies have shown that one of the biggest problems in any marriage is having conflict and arguments around the children, whether they're hearing you, whether they're seeing you, whether it's on the phone, it really destroys the children. It, it, it affects them on a deep emotional level. Children tend to blame themselves and they want to fix things when parents have problems. And of course, children can't fix relationship problems. So it's very important that you keep conflict away from the children. It's not their place to be helping you. You need to seek out professionals when you need guidance and don't use your children 
as your allies, as your friends, as your support system, as your confidants. So that's another mistake you want to avoid is not making your children your confidants, not making them your spies when, you're, when the children are visiting the other parent's home and asking them questions that makes the children uncomfortable. We want to be very careful to respect the children because they're caught in a situation that no one wants to be in and they are innocent victims. So we also want to make sure we never blame the children. Even if you're fighting about the children, it's not their fault. And we want to make sure they know that they're innocent, that they were not responsible for the divorce in any way. Sometimes a child may say, if I got better grades in my report card, or if I didn't mess up last month, maybe mom and dad wouldn't be divorcing. Well, that's not the case. And we want to make sure that children don't feel responsible in any way for the divorce. We want to make sure that we never, ever disrespect or demean or put down the other parent, as tempting as it may be. We don't want to be saying to our children, if your dad didn't have that affair, we wouldn't be divorcing now. That may be the truth, but that is not the level of information that children should be getting from you. We never share adult information with our children. So we want to respect them. We want to put ourselves in their place and put yourself in the, in the mindset of a five-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old and understand that their brains are not prepared to take on the emotional trauma and drama that parents are experiencing. And when we do that, we're giving our children an opportunity to continue the innocence of childhood and to grow up without the burden of trying to fix or remedy your divorce. Wow, that, that is such good advice. And I know one of the things uh, that, you, that you teach and that, that you share is that it's really not the divorce itself, it's the handling of it and how the parents handle it that hurts the children, which are some of the examples that, you, that you've given. Um, share with us some, I guess some, I don't want to say horror stories, but that's what's coming mm -hmm. to my mind, Rosalind. But what the, are some, the emotional impact. Yes, of, what, are, what, 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 are, yeah, what are some yes. of those residuals? Because I think it's really useful for our audience to really understand some outcomes if they don't follow some of the principles that you're proposing. Exactly. Yes, children, children are innocent, they're, and they're innocent psyches, and we are role models for our children. So what are we role modeling when we're dealing with the conflict that comes with divorce? How are we showing them to communicate with another person when we have disagreements? How are we showing them how to be responsible and make decisions when conflict happens? Because that's inevitable in life. How are we showing them how to cope with change in life, which again is inevitable? So we have to be very careful that we may lecture one thing, but if we're behaving in a different way, if we're behaving immaturely, if we're behaving resentfully and, and showing anger and putting down our former spouse, our children are getting mixed messages and they're very confused. And children will feel guilty, they'll feel responsible, they'll feel shame, they'll feel blame, they'll feel very insecure because their world is falling apart. But parents who stay together for the sake of the children in the emotional sense, not forcing yourself to stay in a marriage that isn't working, but who co-parent in a responsible way, 
will tell the children that mom and dad are still your mom and dad, that we love you and always will love you, and that life is going to go on and mom and dad are making plans to make sure that happens. And so you learn how to communicate with your co-parent and you learn to keep the, the conflicts and the battles away from the eyes and ears of the children. And you protect your children so that they feel that they have the right to go on and be a child. As soon as you confide adult information in a child, you destroy their childhood. They are no longer innocent children. Suddenly they are trying to think of ways to handle your problem, to fix your issues, to make mom or dad feel better. And that's not the place of a child. You need to go to adults, to friends, to coaches, to therapists, to support groups for that kind of help. Otherwise, it becomes an emotional burden on your children. And it's long-lasting. It's life-lasting. And let me tell you a, a quick story about my own son. I divorced when he was 11, and I felt tremendous guilt about inflicting that on him. And one day out of the blue in his early 20s, my son came to me and said, you know, Ma, you and Dad did such a good job with your divorce. I just want to thank you because most of my friends whose parents divorced either hate their parents or are very angry about things. And I think you guys were great. And I let out such a sigh of relief at that point because that's when I realized I did some things right. And that's when I founded the Child-Centered Divorce Network and became a divorce and co-parenting coach and started writing my books and courses and programs. We want to have what I call a happy ending and that your children will thank you when they're grown about the way you handled your divorce. We don't want your children to be resentful and angry and hold in the scars and wounds that were unnecessary for, to be inflicted upon them. And that's the difference between having a child-centered divorce and just letting your ego move ahead and doing things that are going to hurt your ex and at the same time destroy your child. Absolutely. That is such phenomenal, phenomenal advice because I know even in my own work some, some few years ago, I used to... Uh, represent fathers um more on the advocacy side of course than the than the litigation side and not necessarily in the divorce but also uh just in understanding how to be a part of their children's lives so a lot of the things that you mentioned are things that my clients suffered uh whether it's the mother or other father so i tended to deal more with non-custodial parents i know that's on the other side, <clears throat> which I think is still a continuation of what you're saying, because you can't just do, they can't just follow these tools during the divorce. Like you have to, this has to become a way of life for you because it's always ongoing as you continue to co-parent. And so exactly. some of these things blend over. Uh, I want to ask a couple of, uh, a couple of things. The, the first one is what have you seen, if anything, that may be uh, when the parents are dealing with some residuals that, that maybe have nothing to do per se with, with the marriage. So there are these other underlying problems that are happening for them uh, that now has spilled over uh, into that what are some recommendations that you have? And, and I'll give an example. Let's say that there is mental illness. There is, I don't know, PTSD. I'm just making this mm -hmm. up. Uh, that are now spilling over uh, and causing some other challenges. 
how do you propose that that parents deal with this because oftentimes they don't even share those things with their children and their children have no idea that there is a a medical condition going on yes First, it's important to reach out for professional support and help because today more than ever before, there are resources available to people uh, throughout the country, throughout the world that, that can help, make better, help you make better decisions. And you also want to be able to understand the, the challenges that you were facing with your, with your former partner and make sure that um, you are not ex expounding on it and making things worse. So again, keep it away from the children, but get the support and help you need to handle it because these are serious mental health issues, PTSD, those kinds of things are very serious and they're very traumatic. And what you wanna do is answer your children's questions as well because children do pick up on things and they may ask about things. And as parents, that's one of the biggest challenges. You want to be as honest as possible, but without expanding on things that children are helpless to do anything about. And that's the parameter, the line of division. If your children can't do anything to fix the problem, then you want to be very careful about what you share with them that's of an adult nature, because it, it confuses, it creates guilt, shame, blame, and a lot of serious emotional baggage for children that they don't need to be bearing. If they bring it up, if they're aware that, that one parent is an alcoholic or a drug addict or something dramatic is going on, then you want to answer their questions and talk to them as candidly as you can on the level of that child's age and stage without, again, without demeaning the other parent, putting them down. And it's a fine line. So get the help and support. When you're, when you're working with a coach, they can answer immediate questions and help you find immediate answers for exactly what you were going through to ease the way for you and to make life better for everyone in the family. Awesome. Now, I know, Rosalind, that you have an, an anger management. Uh, I know you're the co-creator of the anger management uh, program for co-parents. Tell us a few, I, I know anger management has so many steps to it and it's highly customized, but I know that it deals a lot with uh, triggers and, and de-escalation strategies and so on and so forth. So audience, we can't get into all of those today. You're going <laughs> to, you're going to have to contact Rosalind for more information, but talk with us about just a couple of one or two of the most important strategies uh, that parents need to consider when we're looking at the co-parenting relationship? Thank you. That's a great question. So we have to remember that everyone wants to be heard, accepted, and validated. And what happens when you're dealing with an angry partner on any level is that they are not feeling that. And anything you do that's going to behave on the defensive is going to trigger an angry person to get even more angry. So being able to listen first is very helpful and just acknowledge what you're hearing. If your partner is, is angry and upset about something, saying, I hear you. I hear that you're very upset about such and such and such. And paraphrasing back is a very helpful skill because it helps show that you're listening to get the message they're conveying. Very often we misunderstand when we're listening because we're so busy in our head reflecting the answers that we're going to be shouting back 
that sometimes we miss the message. And this stops us and forces us to be consciously aware of what's being said. And we're able to reflect back and give the partner an opportunity to say, no, that's not what I said, or yes, but you missed the most important part. And then if you can work and do the same thing and ask your partner to reflect back about what you're saying, sometimes this can help diffuse the anger and the tension. We also have to remind people with anger problems to look at the damage that they're doing, to see how hurt their children are being in a home filled with tension and acrimony, to see the hurt on their, on their partner's face, to see the damage they're doing, losing jobs and alienating people around them, losing friends. So people who have anger issue have to start by taking responsibility and first acknowledging they have the problem. We can't fix what we don't first acknowledge. So it's a huge first step to say, I have a problem with anger, just as someone might say, I have a problem with drinking. And then you could start learning skills so that you could stop yourself before you get triggered into exploding. Once someone is about to explode, very little can be done to stop it. The idea is to learn skills and techniques to calm yourself. And maybe sometimes it's walking away in the midst of something that's escalating and say, you know what, I'm very upset. Let's talk about this in an hour. I need to calm down. Something as simple as that can make all the difference in keeping you from exploding or keeping your partner from exploding. Awesome. Great advice. Great advice. And thank you so much, Rosalind, for spending your time with us today and, and sharing all of those great tips. I want to encourage everyone to visit Rob, Rosalind's website, www.childcenteredivorce.com. You can go there. There is a wealth of information there, including a free ebook that you can download right there from her site. Uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of Power of Attorney. You can follow us on iTunes. You can subscribe on Spreaker. And you can also go to the website, www.latanyamore.com. Thank you so much. Get to Old Navy Saturday and Sunday just in time for back to school. Girls and boys polos are three bucks in stores only. Plus, Saturday only jeans are ten bucks for adults, seven bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid eight ten to eight eleven. Limit five polos. Select styles only. Critics agree. Nora and the Lost City of Gold is the family film you've been searching for. Go get it! It's packed with action, full of surprises, and will knock your boots off. The discovery of a lifetime. Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Rated PG. Now playing.